Hello, everybody, and welcome uh, to uh, this very special edition of the Next Lander Podcast. Special in a lot of ways. The first is we've uh, Alex has moved offices. We have a new Next Lander location. We're expanding mm-hmm. out. We're getting a little bit more coverage in New Jersey. Yeah, you just weren't cutting it, man. Um, no, we are. Uh, we have two offices in New Jersey now. Uh, we are sadly closing the New York office. Thanks, uh, Eric Adams. <laughs> very soon. Uh, good news is everybody there has given, been given the opportunity to move to New Jersey, uh, and uh, the one person that works there has taken it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so you are you are speaking from your basement. I am. Did, this is your basement. I, I did. Did you pick, also shave your head? There's like a word picture <laughs> that needs to be painted here because like the wall is entirely black behind you. Yeah. You appear to have completely shaved your head, and there's some very sinister Backlighting. overhead lighting, yeah. kind of like just half in shadow. Kind Not of gonna thing lie, you got a happening. little apocalypse now thing going on. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. I was going for. Yeah, you, know? you, got, you got a little Brando in the huts uh, mm-hmm. going on, but the uh, horror. <laughs> the horror. Uh, yeah, the black is actually uh, just so I can continue painting the picture is actually just corkboard. Like there's all like I, there's all like push pins and corkboard back here. So I'm gonna put a bunch of bullshit on there. Uh, that window, I, it's, I have not gotten around to putting a blanket over because that has this glow that I think I'm going to need to block out for the camera. Uh, not that it's doing a whole lot other than just giving me light anyway. Uh, and yeah, no, I shaved my head actually uh, a few days ago, but it's much more noticeable, I think, with this lighting. It definitely yeah, has a sure. real glow off the dome <laughs> kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Looks great though. It looks like it looks like you're in. You're not. Your shot is not too different than, let's say, the Giant Bummy Studio with just the kind of dark wall. Aside from the big mm-hmm. um, window behind you, uh, sounds great though. And that's really uh, the AC uh, is running, and it is not. It is not. It is not hitting my noise floor. Like great. it is not coming across on the mic, as far as I can tell. And that is really the only thing I was worried about. Listen, I'm going to find out in two hours. Yeah, <laughs> when you send me that file. Just how noisy there is not even a hum is. on this wave file that I can oh, see. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. Well, congratulations Thank for at you. least having your computer over there. I know uh, uh, we know that you will be moving there in the next two days and kind of getting the rest of your stuff. So, I mean, tomorrow is when yes. pretty much everything is coming over. So, uh, great. I'm sure everybody's excited to see you from. The basement's live ne- from New Jersey. Not necessarily the week we get back, but no. uh, very soon after. Or even the week. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a couple weeks before anyone sees what's going on in here, but that's <laughs> fine. That gives me time to set everything up right. Yes. Uh also a very special podcast Brad Shoemaker because this will be the last live one we do for a week here. We are going to be taking a break and I'll tell you boy howdy, I'm ready for a little bit of a recharge. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what happened these last 2 weeks. So maybe it's summer, maybe it's the schedule changes with the kids and everything, but boy, something happened where I, you know what it is also, Brad? I don't know if you get this too. I feel like everything gets a little harder as the news and releases just dry up. You know, it's just like, you know, in a, as a place where we cover a lot of games, it's so much easier when stuff is just pumping out. Mm-hmm. And then when it's like, ah, I feel a little guilty just talking about playing the, continuing to play the same stuff we played, you know? Uh, you gotta, gotta finish games sometime. You definitely do, but says just, who? Yeah, definitely do. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. We'll talk about it when we get to the games that are out. I mean, that, that is a constant balancing act to oh. to get real here. Get real. Is is the time better spent finishing fewer games or sampling more of them? 
It's a good question. I, there is no answer. There, there is absolutely no answer. That's Some real one hand clapping type shit. That's why it's nice to have a week where hopefully you just play whatever you want. You know, if you if you want to if you want to play a game, go play the game you want. If you don't want to play a game. Don't play a game. I'm going to play some unpacking, I think. Unpacking is a great game. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Uh, put the socks in the in the drawer. Fold them up. Nice mm-hmm. and neat. Uh, we're going to get right into it here. Uh, <laughs> God. <laughs> Cleaning out my sock drawer is quite literally a bullet point on my things to do next week list. Like, no joke. I believe it. Uh, yeah. Look, the thing is, throw out all your socks. Just buy all the same socks. But what if buy, you need some old socks? Like once in a while, you might need some old socks. Like no occasionally having some threadbare clothing. What if I went paintballing or something? Just make the new socks the old socks. You know, just uh, uh, be be nice to yourself and wear new socks paintballing. Just go for it. Get rid of all the old socks and uh, um, and buy socks that are interchangeable, so you don't have to pair them up anymore. You know what I mean? Like just the just I've got. Knee-high socks, I've got, uh, like, boot socks, and then I've got ankle socks. So they're all – the knee, the dress ones, the ones that go up the calf, I guess knee-highs are really – yeah, they're knee-highs. Like, the calf ones, those are different colors, but everything else is are just universal pairs because I hate freaking matching socks. It's, like, my least favorite. It's not. I shouldn't say that. That's hyperbolic. There are, like, a billion things I hate more than matching socks, but tedious is what I'll say. Anyway, I said we're going to get right into it. Talk about socks for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the important stuff. This is what people come here for. But this is my segue into people socking it to them. Oh, there you go. Like in wrestling games. Oh, Alex, yeah. Alex Navarro, what is up with the All Elite Wrestling? That game that they have been talking about making for at least two years now, they finally put it out. Uh, how, did, how did we go from it felt like it was two years of, no, they haven't shown it. Like nobody knows what's going on with it. Like there's no footage out there yet to all of a sudden uh, I'm playing it now. Like (laughs) it was weird. Like the rollout for this was definitely a little weird in the sense that they were showing little bits of gameplay here and there over the last couple of years, but it was in pretty small chunks. And a lot of that footage was intercut with footage of wrestlers just talking or playing, which did not fill me with confidence in that they were comfortable just showing long stretches of that game. Um, so just to kind of preface this a little bit, this is, uh, AEW's first game. Uh, it is in tandem with Ukes, the former makers of a bunch of those WWE games before they split with 2K. Um, and the philosophy of this game, at least the way they've been talking about it for a long time, was they wanted to make something that was more akin to, like, those old N64 wrestlers Mm -hmm. that I and many of my ilk really have a lot of love for. Um, and I think on paper and at least in, in, in spirit, they have mostly done that. Um, the, the game is like the gameplay is designed very similarly. Like there are weak and strong grapples, weak and strong strikes, you know, you either press the button or hold the button to do one or the other. Uh, and then you press direction on a D pad and one of the various face buttons to do a type of move. Um, you know, same like style of doing special moves, like a lot of the, the, Match flow feels very similar to those games. Is sorry, is it, con- is it contested with like the stamina of your wrestler? Basically, could you put who's going to win this grapple? Or I feel like in a again, I'm not a wrestling game mm-hmm. expert. I've played a bunch of them, but sometimes oh my wrestler's too weak. They're just getting worked now. You know? So 
the stamina stuff is a lot more prevalent in the current WWE games. Uh, okay. they, like the way their uh, like health meters and like you know build up meters kind of work is a little bit more that. This is like spirit meter basically. Okay. Like there is a little meter that each wrestler has, and when they start getting their ass kicked, it starts going down into the blue until it eventually hits danger. In which case, you are basically like if you get hit with a finisher, you're done. Okay. Um, but once it starts, as you start doing moves, it starts building that meter up and up and up. And then eventually that gets you to your special uh, signature and then your special move. So if you're in the blue, can you work your way back up if yes. you have the momentum changes? Okay. Yeah. yeah if you're right. able to reverse some stuff and kind of move your way, you know, past what they're trying to do, like you can build yourself back up. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And that is exactly how those N64 games worked. So that mm-hmm. is, you know, that, that is definitely like part and parcel with that. And so when you said the N64 stuff, is that, are those... Uh, if I'm, I'm talking confused, about like the, the, the hockey, hockey games. games? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like the two WCW games they made, the two WWE ones they made. Um, okay. No Mercy and, and super fun games. Yeah, I love those games. Like they yeah. legitimately are like my favorite wrestling games. Yeah. I don't think they have completely nailed the feel of those games with this though. The mechanics mm-hmm. are there, but there's a little bit of. I don't know how to say like stiffness is maybe the thing that I feel the most when I'm trying to like. Oh yeah. Yeah, well, not, not not that kind of stiffness, unfortunately. Okay, I was right. hoping for that, but it's it's not like it's not bad. Like I think the gameplay is actually probably the strongest part of this game. Um, so you know that that is, and first and foremost, that is the thing that should be the best in it. Mm. Um, it just doesn't have quite the same snappiness that I feel like those N sixty four games got, especially as they you know iterated and made more of those. Sure. Um, sometimes the like the the grapple mechanics feel like they don't come out like the grapples don't come out as fast as you would like. Sometimes the reversals don't feel like they're happening when it feels like they should. It, but it's not it's not terrible by any stretch. It's just it's like little things that I notice just because I have played an ungodly amount of those games, and inevitably they are they are trying to compare themselves to those games. So I am inevitably making that comparison. So what do you think? Like to to use bad metaphors or analogies, would you say it's kind of it's mushier. Is it like uh, it's it's like uh, it just soggier? Have, yeah, maybe a little soggier. I guess okay. it just doesn't have quite this like the the snappiness. You I know? think kind I know what you're mealy. talking about. Yeah, yeah. Mealy, a little, a little wrestling. <laughs> so you know, this is the kind of thing that I think they will fix as they iterate on this game and make more of them. You know, they'll they'll fine tune it. They get feedback and all that stuff, and they'll make it better. I think my problem with this game is the stuff that's around the edges is not very good. Um, the roster is pretty thin at the start. Okay, can I stop you? Because all, all I want to do here is play the guessing game. Mm-hmm. Who can I guess is in this game? CM Punk. Yes. Um. Um. Kenny Omega. Yes. Um. That might be all I've got. Okay. Yeah. Look. Hey, that's that's honestly more than I would expect from anyone who doesn't watch wrestling. So. Yeah. Like I, I feel like as popular as AEW is, like I don't get through osmosis the roster as much as i would expect mm-hmm. compared to how many wwe wrestlers i could name off the head yeah like, I, it's, I just i don't i don't know if i don't know if it's the way they're cultivating their stable talent or what but something something about like the marquee names are just not rising above the din somehow to me yeah it's i mean they also haven't been around as long you know AEW has only existed for a few years at this point um i think it was 2019 they launched somewhere around there um, but even given that they have a very large roster now, like they have a lot of wrestlers, they have like three weekly shows now, like mm-hmm. they're, you know, they have plenty of talent to draw from. 
And I just feel like a lot, even I'm even excluding the people who have only recently signed with the company. It just feels like there's a lot of names that are kind of missing from this. And I, I assume they're planning on adding at least some of these wrestlers as DLC down the road. But like Evil Uno is not in there. And like Evil Uno is literally his character when he started wrestling was as player one. He was in a video game tag team on the indies and has been kind of like one the person who runs a lot of their Twitch streaming stuff with video games. So it's kind of shocking to me that like he isn't on the roster, you know? Like you I know that, he's not a huge name, but still. Is that a licensing thing? No, it's not. Like he works for the company. They all do. Huh. Like what well, what do you think what well, like what do you think happened there? If you had to just speculate. I think they at some point had to just scale back on how many wrestlers they were going to include and that they just didn't like I mean, Evil Uno does not main event on TV that often, so maybe mm. that's why, but I don't know. It just feels like there's a lot of names missing here. I don't think there's more than like 35, 40 wrestlers in this game, and it just Granted, the WWE games are overstuffed with characters and have been for years. Like, there's literally hundreds of characters in those games when you include all the DLC they do every year. But I just, it felt a little thin to me. Do you feel like there's room for content packs? Well, it sounds like there's room for content packs. Do you think like there are content content packs in the works here? I the- think there almost assuredly are, okay. and that's fine. Like, I, I just, I hope they fill out the roster a little bit more. But the other stuff also just isn't that great. Like the the story mode, you know, that you kind of have to run through if you want to like build up your creator wrestler, is kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a very bare bones version of a hey, start an AEW career kind of story mode. And the creator wrestler kind of sucks. I have to say, out of the oh. gate, like the options are pretty thin. Um, the, the stuff like moves are not labeled particularly well. So it's hard to know sometimes what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Like if I wanted to make a particular WWE superstar, a lot of their entrances and moves are kind of listed under like generic headers. So I'd have to know it's like, oh, it's, it's generic male entrance 33. If it's the one I'm, and it's like, that's very time consuming in mm-hmm. a way, you know, if you want to just make a bunch of people, it's kind of hard to do that. And then. You have to unlock things like extra finishers, extra special moves, like various uh, abilities for those wrestlers by playing through the story mode with each one. And it's like, that's way too time consuming. To even get it accessible in the character creator? Yeah, you have to unlock that stuff for each character. And the thing is, like, it's not like you're building stats. Like, it's not a stat number the way that, like, you know, 2K does, like, player ratings or wrestler ratings. Yeah. But if you want to have, you know, more op- like the same number of options that the in-game wrestlers have, you have to spend a lot of time with those characters. And I just don't think most people are going to want to do that. This is Ukes on this? It's, it's Ukes on this, yeah. And THQ Nordic Publishing. So this is THQ yes. and Ukes. Yep. Yeah, kind of. Yes. You know, what's <laughs> I know. not. So That's why I said let, it, yeah. Don't let them have this. <laughs> it is Ukes, though. I mean, it is just straight-up Ukes. This is some full-on Infogrames is not Atari shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it just it makes me laugh when I look at the names associated with this. Be like, look, they're all together. The, the yep, pieces are all here. The, the cooks are in the kitchen. Uh, well, what do you think, Alex? Like, okay freshman attempt here? I, 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 I... I don't hate it. I don't. It's just that I think I'm a little let down by it because I think I was really hoping, given all the stuff they were talking about, how much they love those old games, that it would just be a little more fleshed out than it is. And there's even stuff like, sorry, there's just one other thing I just, it, it kind of bothered me. Like, 
They included uh, a particular match type that is uh, slightly infamous in in AEW lore, the exploding barbed wire death match. Of course. Um, Because they ran one of those with Kenny Omega and John Moxley at one point. And I showed you guys one of those mm-hmm. one time. Remember the Hayabusa mm-hmm. and Sushi yeah, Onita yeah. match? And you saw that explosion, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're big and flashy. It was pretty big and flashy, right? Yeah. yeah. So they did one in AEW and it sucked. Like, they, the explosion was pretty pathetic. <laughs> and so they put it in the game and I'm like, okay, are they going to do it right here? Uh-huh. And the thing is, they kind of made it look like shit like it happened in real life. <laughs> like, And I think that was kind of a gag. Okay. But here's my problem with that. That's funny once. Mm. After that, I kind of want it to look good. You, you want to you toggle that's like true to life or like what you imagine, what this should look like. Here's what I would do is that I would say there is a one in 10 chance that the explosion you will get in one of these matches looks like shit. Okay. They like okay. randomize it. And more content packs, better explosions. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's little things like that where it sure. feels like they're just made decisions that did not benefit really like it making the game feel more fleshed out and better. And so right now what it is, is there's a pretty good game in there, but it's really only fun if you're like playing with friends or, you know, just kind of turning the difficulty up for sure, because it is not that hard uh, on default and just playing matches because everything else around the edges is kind of not that interesting. That that was going to be my question. Like if you actually truly really liked this or any other wrestling game, like what posture would you settle into over in the long term with it? Is it like playing it online, like a fighting game or like what is the what is the draw on an ongoing basis if the game is good? I honestly think this game is probably best suited for like couch competitive, like Mm. just sitting around with your friends and playing like you could play online, too. And I'm sure I'm sure the online's fine, but that's never how I play wrestling games. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I like, I think there's room for them to add stuff to this one and maybe make it a little bit better, but it feels more like, hey, they str- they they strived for WWF No Mercy and they got to WCW World Tour, which is the first one of those that came out over here. And that game isn't terrible either. It just it feels very thin compared to everything else that kind of came after it. So th- things AEW has going for it. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Some Uke's pedigree in there, right? And, and no Uke's Vince fan. You, no, Vince McMahon, and people at AEW who ge- at near the leadership positions that genuinely enjoy video games. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like Tony Khan is like the the owner of AEW. Like that dude's a gamer. That guy used to fucking book like fake wrestling shows in a text based wrestling simulator that a bunch of other people did. He was on message boards, like you know, complaining about wrestling the way the rest of us were. Like he's an online nerd and definitely into games. Kenny Omega. Huge gamer, you know, fucking yeah. Luno, huge gamer. So people who want a good yeah. wrestling game within the corporation. So uh, uh, if you were to give the, or if I'm to give them the benefit of the doubt, would maybe it's just, you know, we got this thing out there first time with this game. It's a platform. Next one, like you said, maybe, maybe really judge them by the next one. I mean, obviously be critical of this, but uh, what do you do to now that you got the foundation down, right? Yeah. And I think the thing that, they unfortunately ran into is that they ran out of time to best WWE because mm. this year's game, this year's WWE game was the first good one in a very, <laughs> very long time. Yeah. And so they missed the window of getting out there before a good one of those came out. And I think that kind of sucks for them, but they also had to get it out at a certain point. That game has been in development for not actually forever, but it feels like at least a few years. And at a certain point, you just have to get a game out the door and say, okay, we can build on this from here. 
Of course. Yes. I'm um, not trying to make excuses. I'm just saying that, like, no, it's a letdown in some ways, but I do think there is at least some fun to be had with it. Look, even I, I'm not a wrestling fan much at all, but even I was very curious to see if somebody could take a good stab at a licensed wrestling game, mm-hmm. you know, that, especially hearing you and, you know, Dan and a lot of other people talk about the state of the WWE wrestling games and mm-hmm. how kind of tired they had gotten and, you know, mm-hmm. some fresh air would be nice. So it's interesting. I, competition's always good. Yeah. The one thing I will give them, I will say, is that their move animations are pretty good. Like, they they have struck a really good balance between a, a certain amount of realism, but also going for the most exaggerated, like, hurt-looking moves <laughs> that they could possibly do. And that's something that I've always not liked about the WWE games. They feel a little too floaty and a little too motion-captured, so okay. that everything kind of lands the same way it does in a real ring which is to say very protected and does not really look like it hurts that much. <laughs> Whereas here they're kind of exaggerating everything, not quite to like WWE all-stars level or anything, but like to a degree where it looks like, Oh, that is the most wicked version of this movie you can get. And I, I do appreciate that aspect of it. Is there blood? There is definitely blood. Ooh, they did w- not skimp on the blood. It, it's is- like pizza sauce in there when it fucking Ew. really goes. Oh, is W does WWE have blood? The it, they do, but it is like it's oh, there's a little smear of jam on your forehead. Oh no, oh no, oh, a little bit of blood. Oh no, oh gross. Uh, all right, well, that is AW a fight forever or all elite wrestling fight forever. One final question for me, mm. at least are they like with Vince McMahon back in the WWE and all the shenanigans and horrible stuff going on there? Is he just, does he like want to crush WWE? Is there some like pact of, uh, you know, like, is there a way in which these work? Everything I've heard, and Brad, even you've said this with watching those documentaries, like he's, he's ruthless, right? And yeah, crushing he's competition. He's terrible. So, like, yeah. is there, is there, some, is there something behind the scenes where he realizes this is good for building wrestling as a brand somewhere? No, I think for him, it really is just, he just wants to knock everyone out of, for a long time, he didn't take AEW that seriously. Mm. Like he really treated them as just like, oh, they're another fly-by-night organization. They'll be gone in a year. And the thing is, you know, AEW has made some mistakes along the way and they have not, you know, always, I think, capitalized on the momentum that they had built up the best way possible. But I don't think the people in charge of that company are monsters necessarily, at least they're not monsters on the level of Vince McMahon. And I don't think that, you know, I, I, I think that AEW is probably still a very, very, very long way away from truly, like, matching WWE's mm. scale and what they can do. But they feel established now. They feel like they are rooted and they are not just going to go away, you know, the, like, they're not just going to go bankrupt out of nowhere the way a lot of other smaller promotions have, have you know, failed over a matter of years uh, because they just couldn't keep a TV deal or couldn't keep, you know, pace with what the competition was doing. And, you know, I'm, I'm still hopeful about what that company can do overall. It's still, I think a much better product in general than what WWE is doing, even irrespective of that fucking guy being back. But, you know, it's just, I, I think that there are ways that they have failed to capitalize sometimes on them beyond being the primary competitor now. Mm-hmm. And I think this game is maybe an example of where it does not feel like they have quite, push themselves into a position for, you know, ideal success here. Interesting. Well, like I said, it's always fun to watch a little bit of competition in the marketplace. Yep. 
Uh, All Elite Wrestling Fight Forever out now uh, pretty much on everything. Uh, yeah, I played it on PS5. Okay. Um, out, yeah, out as of the time of this recording this week. So, yes, it's out on Thursday. Uh, yeah, out on Thursday. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with some things we have been catching up or continuing to play in the video game realm. Stick around. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions. And at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to, I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. All right, we are back. Brad Shoemaker. Oh. How is how is Clive doing? How is Clive? He's Cliven. Cliven, staying staying a Clive. Boo. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, he has he has pressed L three and R three to accept the truth. Oh, is what oh, I'm no. say. Oh uh, no. That game. I I am still trucking through that game. I am absolutely going to finish it. I need to see how it ends. Okay. Um, the highs in that game are very high. Uh huh. Man, does the thing have some filler in it also. <laughs> We're talking, Lord. of course, about Final Fantasy 16, the latest numbered Final Fantasy game out there. Yeah. Uh, what do you what do you think uh in terms of filler to red meat um that steak? Really depends on how much of the side quests you do. Which hot tip from our Discord that side quests are a green exclamation mark on the map, and if they have a little plus next to them, that means there's something <laughs> I don't know what this says when the game itself needs to denote, hey, there's something valuable to do with this side quest. Oh, boy. <laughs> the ones without a plus are just kind of there. The, the ones with a plus, like, gate mechanics or some kind of valuable, like, reward or something. So that's interesting um, because that's that's also kind of how some stuff is denoted in the um, uh, online one. Jeez, I always get the number wrong. Is that yeah, 14? I mean, 14, yeah. Yes, 14. Yeah. 14. Like, this is... Um, I don't want to get this wrong. I think it's the Heavensward team from 14 that made this okay. game. It is. Is my understanding. And yes, every every bit of talking to people about what's in this game. It's like, yep, mm. that's 14 too. Okay. I mean, as yeah. well. 
Yeah, like, um, hey, only do the side quests that are colored blue or have this plus next to it or the little flaming chat or whatever it is. I'm doing all of them. You are? What if? What if? Oh, no. I, I, Doesn't sound just, like what I, if. I, Sounds like you I, are. I know. I know. I mean, what if there's something good in one of them? I know I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to find the one with the good nugget of writing in there finally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, just, they're just the fetch questiest shit ever, mm. which, like, okay. For a good side quest, you either need good writing or good mechanics or a good reward. Okay, yes. Yeah, most of these the three. Most of these have none of those. Okay, that's a, that's <laughs> like, that's too few, I think. They have a lot of writing, but it's and it's fine, like it's well written, it's just very tedious because it's just a uh, lot of people like there's like, hey, there were like 12 lines from this person who needed me to go find their lost supplies mm-hmm. and bring them back, you know? Like I I, I this this could be sped up. I, I think I think I told you what my my older brother said when we tried playing fourteen. Was was the first thing he said after being after kind of explaining the mechanics and stuff was like, "Good lord, these people get paid by the word." That's kind of that's kind of how it feels. Like the writing is good. Like like from a from the standpoint of just basic diction and so forth. Like the mm-hmm. writing is well done. Like. Is anything interesting being said? That's a more complicated question. Again, this is in the side stuff. Like the main, the main game remains very interesting. I think the Osiris Wrath comparison from last week is just even more true. The deeper I get into this, which is okay. like half the reason I need to finish this. Like the big dramatic set piece, like boss fights or icon clashes or whatever the case may be between characters, both on a on the level of melodrama and also visual spectacle, are just fucking mind-blowing in this okay. game. Like, there are some truly incredible moments in this thing, which are basically the reason I continue to play it. I mean, mm-hmm. the combat's good. Like, you know, we talked about it before. Like, the combat is interesting enough. I do wish there was a little more to the basic sword play, because it is a lot about, you know, juggling those different icon abilities and how you yeah how you equip those and where and how you combo them together and all that stuff. And that stuff is fine. But while those abilities are on cooldown, there's not a whole lot to do with the sword that you weren't doing in the first 30 minutes of the game. Are you actively dodging attacks or positioning? Yeah. There's, you know, there's, there's absolutely timed parries, timed dodges, like all that stuff. It's just the basic four hit sword combo kind of doesn't change from what I've seen so far. Okay. I hope that, I hope there's more there at some point, but I think it really is mostly about those abilities. Um, Anyway, it's 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 just full on. I need to see what other crazy shit is in this game. Like Which, I, I need to see it all, and like the character drama is also engaging enough. Okay, that, that's what I was going to ask yeah. you. Like, is the actual narrative? Are the beats interesting? Yes. Okay. Yes. I was thinking about I was thinking about jumping back into it possibly later on this year, um, but I would not if if the story beats weren't interesting, but no, it is, it is, okay. it absolutely has got its hooks in me in terms of, and like, I actually keep trying to like run this mental exercise as I'm in the middle of dialogue scenes of like, would this work as a 16 bit final fantasy? <laughs> like, can I envision little tiny sprites delivering this dialogue, the same dialogue and telling the same story? And like, I think I totally can. Okay. Like, I think I could see this being a super Nintendo final fantasy story and, and writing and dialogue. So look look forward to the D make at some point. Yeah, Hmm. you totally could. I mean, the sprites are right in the game. Like Hmm. somebody figure out how to mine. Well, once it comes out on PC, it won't be much of a problem. You can just mine those sprites right out of this. Like this, like the 16 bit sprites, 16 bit versions of the characters are all over this game. Wait, why? Like they show Uh, up in menus or something? Yeah. You you probably saw them in the demo. Like whenever you go to your sub screen in the lower right, it says party. And then it's got little 
It's got the little sprites of the characters that are currently in your party there. Oh, I don't think I registered that. That's um, interesting. The codex also in your home base, like the place where you go unlock lore, uh-huh. has got has got some of those same sprites sprinkled around. Okay. Um. Anyway, uh, I'm I'm still enjoying it a lot. Uh, I would probably be doing myself a service if I skipped the side quests that mm. are not marked as valuable. And just kept going with the story, but I'm just going to do everything. It's not that much extra time. Is there at least like a trophy or some kind of acknowledgement that you did anything? I haven't, I haven't looked. But like, I mean, okay. some of the, some cases, like you're getting some crafting materials or some money, but it's never enough to really be worth the time. <laughs> okay. Mm. It's okay. like, oh, I got less experience from finishing that quest <clears throat> than I would have from doing a enemy encounter. <laughs> like okay. one. Um, Interesting. So I your advice to other people would be skip them unless they have a plus or something next to it. Obviously, yeah, yes. If you don't, if you don't have the completionist brain disease that I do, then do yourself a favor and just do the stuff that seems interesting and just kind of truck ahead with the story. Okay. Um, the Game of Thrones stuff is still like relatively light. Uh, okay. At the point I'm at in the game at this point, there's definitely occasionally a cut to a king being a dickhead about taking over another kingdom or whatever, but like you need some of that. How about there's, gratuitous horniness? Just kind of, there's always an evil empire. Um, it's been fairly light. Okay. Like okay. the, the sexual stuff in this is like a lot for final fantasy, but extremely tame by almost any other standard. Okay. So yeah, it's still, it's still primarily about, you know, characters inner turmoil, driven by the things that they have done with their godly powers type stuff, like very anime. I'm still intrigued, not enough to dive into it quite yet. When you, when you think all said and done, what do you, what are you estimating? 60 hours? Um, I had seen people saying like 40, 40 for, for everything or for like, um, a good chunk of it. I don't know. I'm I'm not hundred percent sure. I I feel like I'm like maybe halfway through it now. All right. It's a guess, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 out now. But like they're genuinely have like that moment I mentioned earlier where you, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the instruction on screen is press L3 and R3 to accept the truth. Like I straight (laughs) up had to put the controller down for a second. Yeah. Like it had built to such a fucking crescendo visually, emotionally, the whole thing. And then it's like, there's a thudding heartbeat in the background as it's waiting for you to do that input. And I was like, holy fuck, man. Like I literally put it down for about eight beats before I picked it back up and pressed the thing. <laughs> it's like, I cannot believe what I'm watching. Hot damn. It, okay. It's awesome. But again, but, but those moments are, you know, those are relatively infrequent punctuation on a lot of running to and fro. Maybe I'll accept the truth um, in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're fine if you want to get to it later. Yeah, I think it's not going think, anywhere. Will you re, will you t- pick up your demo save or replay the beginning of the game? Is the question. oh no, I'd pick up the demo save. I there, the demo for me was mostly just <laughs> watching a movie about kind of like set up for the the where things take. I, I assume where I you don't really control the character that much in the demo, and what you do control of the character is kind of just mashing square a, mm-hmm. a bunch of times. So. Yeah, I'd pick up the demo save. Yeah, I, I would just refresh your memory because the events at the end of that demo are like the focal point of the story. I'll just go into my, what is it called? Hot time? Codex time? Active, uh, active, active time lore. I'll just the, go into my active time lore. Story successor to active time battle. Um, 
it seemed neat. I like, like again, I, I actually kind of enjoyed what they set up and the tone of it. Uh, interesting departure from previous Final Fantasy games. So I was, it was interested in that stuff. The, the combat stuff you described, it getting more interesting, at least with the icon stuff, is good. So uh, that's good for me. Good for me. You don't get mm-hmm. any other weapons, right? Like, uh, I mean, you equip swords, but they all behave exactly the okay. same. Okay. Okay. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 on the PlayStation 5 out now. Uh, we didn't put this in the news, but I saw a thing. Uh, it sold like hotcakes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, like yes. 3 million copies or it something. It was about 3 yeah. million, but I guess that's yeah. less than 15 did in the same window. So Was 15 multi-platform, though? Or multi- no. Was 15 I'm exclusive? For- sure it was PS4 only at launch. It was? It was at launch. Okay. I thought I remembered come- that one coming to Xbox, but maybe it was it- later did but not right away i might be wrong about that no it was on xbox at launch man it I was okay i could have sworn that was a ps4 only game so came maybe to pc came to pc a couple years later maybe maybe if maybe look we'll get the sub platform exclusivity between sony and microsoft later that's in the news but you know maybe if this came to xbox too maybe their numbers would have been higher who knows uh Brad, the game I am trying to finish up, but I'm having difficulty finishing up. The thing that's kind of in my way right now from getting into Final Fantasy 16, Diablo 4. Mm. I uh, I really want to finish it up. I swear, every time I sit down and go, go play that thing, I get about a half hour and I start falling asleep. Like, I just... That's not optimal. No. And it's like, you know, granted, it's like 9.30 or 10 o'clock, but I think there's just... I think that loop is getting to me at this point of just, okay, you I'm going to go enough. run this dungeon halfway through. I'm going to go back and sell all the junk I had. I'm going to come portal back in, continue just obliterating whatever boss is in there, and then portal back out. It's like a pretty same samey loop going on yeah. for me. Like yeah, I haven't that's... had a lot of fun specking out my character even anymore. I found a good build I like, and I'm... Just kind of digging. Yeah, that's kind of Diablo. I mean, in stark contrast to Final Fantasy 16, the story of Diablo 4 was not carrying the experience <laughs> for me mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, uh, I think the story for me has felt exactly the same with maybe tiny morsels of, of information from when I started Diablo 4. Like, it, it's basically the same, fairly fairly same strokes going on right yeah like, uh, well, i'm in act two kind of just still chewing through that no freaking horse yet which i'm also doing every side quest that come upon and maybe that's my fault it's, it's a specific yeah yes oh you absolutely should not do that you were extra going to hate it if you out level the story in that game i i think i'm going to i'm because already you have in to- my 40s uh and oh you're fucked act- <laughs> Seriously. Oh, no no because they saw the cap is 50 and yeah. you have to finish the campaign to unlock world tier three yeah. and get more interesting stuff going on and so yes. you're gonna play through most of that campaign at the cap so i thought you i thought you can do that world that capstone dungeon or whatever you have at finish, 50 you, you have, have to finish, finish the, the campaign oh, okay all right well whatever diablo um, uh yeah and and it's even worse here too because i'm not even sure what i'm getting out of these things it's mostly just uh, vendor junk i'm selling uh, you know, from a from the loot I pick up, it's not like I'm definitely gonna get this weapon that I'm gonna despec and and or sorry de aspect and 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 put back on. So yeah, I I wish like I'm still kind of enjoying it, but I am finding it kind of like um, junk food TV you watch when you're just trying to relax at night or something, where you're just like I'm just gonna put this thing on. Mm-hmm. I'm finding Diablo like that, where I just I'm just gonna go sit down and play this and probably fall asleep and just kind of 
find myself in a dungeon. Problem is you can't pause that game, and also things respawn constantly uh, all the time, so not a great one to necessarily fall asleep to, but I'm a necromancer, so I have a team of undead guarding me all the time. Yeah, they're starting to talk about season one for that game, and I'm starting to question... Am I just going to miss season one? Because I think I'm sure you'll have to finish the campaign to do the season one stuff. And do I even want to? Mm. And if you don't, I assume you've just entirely missed your chance because that was a big part of the, it was like maybe the biggest selling point of the, the fancy edition of that game is that it comes with all the season one stuff pre-bought, like the season right. pass and everything. And so I'm sitting here going, do I need to play way more Diablo than I probably want to in the next six weeks to make use of what was in that deluxe edition? Maybe if you mainline those those main quests, uh, it goes a lot faster and you can kind of just burn through the um, main stuff pretty quickly. I don't know. Or maybe you'd be under leveled and be a pain in the neck. I, I Are you really talking about know. in season one? And no, for uh, or, to get through the story stuff in Diablo 4. If you just yeah, I mean, I, I think it could probably be finished pretty quickly. In fact, the recommendation, like I said, has has been just play the story quests because you're going to massively outlevel the story if you don't. I I'll tell you what, I'm I'm not finding it very challenging, um, you know, death wise. I I will I die occasionally, but it's mostly because I zoned out. You know, I just I wasn't watching my health at all. Uh, yeah, the bigger question for me is just is there time pressure with the season starting? Yeah, and is all of that just going to be lost if you don't do it within the season i assume that's the case probably that's how those things go right i did do like a world event i don't know what there was an epic thing or something i forget exactly their terminology but it was like a boss maybe what'd you say what'd you call it world world boss boss? maybe it was a world boss it was it was definitely a thing that had a timer going on it like hey this event is going to start in two minutes and a bunch of players showed up there and we ran around and killed like three heavy bosses that, that sound i haven't seen one of those i kept looking for them that sounds like maybe that's what that is and it was was it was it a shava wandering death or avarice no it sounds this like was those like, are the three world bosses that are in currently this had like three three i'll call them mini bosses that would appear after you killed enough ads or mobs and then you had we had to kill three of three of those things so i'm not sure if it was it was, it, like I said, it was, it was inscrutable. Not, it was not just one of the standard world events that are popping off left and right? No, right. no, no. This, this like, pinged on my map when I was far yeah, that, away and had a, like had a, a counter. Uh, but it was, like, so many people there and just, it was just a mess. It was such a mess. It was just a mess of red. I, I was looking at the mini-map instead of the screen to parse where I had to go because of the kind of... Um, yeah, that sounds fun. I want to see that. <laughs> just confusion on the screen. You just go towards the red dots are, and I would just, you know, spam my abilities over and over again. It was... We just tore through that thing. It was it was wild. Uh, and got, like, okay drops from it. Again, just selling most of the stuff or, or de-aspecting. But anyway, Diablo 4, I continue to pop it on and be like, well, it's... It's like closing my eyes and just kind of moving, moving my feet. Every time I stop, I've made some forward progress here and, uh, I get closer to the, the goal, whether or not I could say I'm absolutely enjoying my time with it is neither here nor there at this point. I think I'm mostly doing it to be like, "Mm, progress is being made, Mm -hmm. uh, which isn't, isn't the great, the most ringing endorsement for a thing. No. Um, 
Quickly here, I'll just say I, I threw on Sludge Life 2. You guys are familiar with Sludge Life? I remember mm-hmm. Sludge Life. I yeah, did not play Sludge Life. I, I didn't play it either, but I remember it causing a sensation of sorts. Yeah. Uh, Sludge Life 2 dropped uh, as in time of this recording yesterday, and uh, I never played Sludge Life 1, so I didn't really quite know exactly what to expect. That's where Big Mud came from, right? Oh, Big Mud's in there. Big All Mud's right. missing in Sludge Life 2. It's kind of a diorama-esque smaller world uh, where you're running around interacting with all the weirdness in that world. Uh, Doing some graffiti and getting abilities, like double jumps and run abilities as you kind of run around this world in your first person. It's it's a weird setting. I think that's what I remember hearing from the first one. Yes. Uh, It uh, is definitely an intentionally off-kilter kind of world. Yes, style. It's a style mm. game, uh, and it, it's fun to run around in, but it is um, absolutely an atmosphere game that yeah. you want to, to kind of go explore. That was one of the uh, the Steam Next Fest demos uh, yes. that was out there. I feel like of all the ones I saw that, um, what is it, the Home Safety Hotline game <laughs> yeah, yeah. was the one that stood out the most yeah? to me. Oh, I'm glad you like that one. Yeah, that, no, one... that thing fucking ruled, man. <laughs> That that had some real like good. Uh, they don't make them like this. Uh, no, well, I mean they kind of do because that game is a little bit like Hypnospace Outlaw or mm, you know Papers true. Please, like kind of like you're doing a mundane call center job. It's just that they made it real fucking weird pretty quick out of the gate. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you're so, right. I mean, that, that, if you didn't see it, that game's whole thing is that you're a a hotline manning person who is uh getting calls from various weird citizens saying like i got weird gas coming out of something in my house or you know i've got weird dirt mounds in the back what is that and then at a certain point it kind of gives way to some like i have demons in my house what the fuck yeah and you're just giving them solutions based on that i think there's probably more going on there but that's just what the demo showed and a couple of crank calls mm-hmm. yeah that- that game seems cool. I hope they didn't show too much in the demo. I hope mm-hmm. there was more. You need behind, escalation, right? Behind the curtain. Yeah. 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 Uh, if you want to check out uh, the rest of the stuff we looked at for Steam Next Fest, we had about uh, two streams, I'd say, worth uh, of stuff there kind of going through. Spread across three. I yeah. Still, I still have a bunch of demos I downloaded. Yeah. Same here. They didn't expire or anything, right? I haven't tried to start up. any of them, but I don't think okay. so. Um, go check those out. Those archives are up now. We're going to take a break again here. Can you believe it? We're going to take another break, and we're going to come back. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew this. I know you did, because we talked about it. More Activision Blizzard news. My God. Coming up after the break. We'll be right back. This week's show is brought to you by Factor. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. Do you guys know what Factor is? <laughs> I do. I thought you were about to ask if I knew what food is. Do you also know what food is? I've heard of it. It sounds and cool. Do you know what food can be? Factor's here. Factor is here to tell you what food is and can be. America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. We've gotten some Factor before. I've actually mm-hmm. found it to be quite tasty and delicious and convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, you can put it in the toaster oven, put it in the microwave. I did the toaster oven. It was ready 
I think in the toaster oven was ready between like 10, 15 minutes, pretty quick. You can choose from over 34 weekly flavor packed, fresh, never frozen meals, ready to eat in two minutes. You can level up with gourmet plus options prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. Ooh, you could treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. Not that regular butter, truffle butter. Round out your meals and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of over 45 add-ons, including breakfast items like apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, ooh, potato, bacon, and egg Breakfast skillet. Oh man, oh, Factor, man. what are you, what are you doing to me, Factor? With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. Head to FactorMeals.com/nextlander50 and use code nextlander50 to get 50% off. That's code NEXTLANDER50 at factormeals.com slash NEXTLANDER50 to get 50% off potato, bacon, and egg breakfast skillet. Thanks, Factor. All right, we are back. And it's time for the news, and I've got some news. Screech. <laughs> Sound some- of screeching breaks. <laughs> Sound of scratching vinyl. I'm breaking convention here. I'm talking about a video game after the break. Rad Shoemaker, what's the news? We forgot the news is that I played some Mortal Kombat 1. Yes. What uh, to mention. There's not a ton to say there. It's the same. They, they, did, the, they did the stress test for that game over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Same build they were showing at Summer Game Fest. So plenty of reporting about that out there already. Not a ton more to say. We streamed some of it also. Yeah. Um. One thing I will say about that game, because I said when they first streamed it at the Summer Game Fest reveal thing, I was like, ah, it doesn't look maybe as better as I was hoping for a next generation Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. I'm going to rescind those comments. Wow. Okay. Fucking YouTube compression strikes again. <laughs> the game looks way sharper in person than it does on a six megabit stream or whatever. Okay. Like, uh, I was kind of shocked, actually, how much just like fine detail. It's just it, it looks super sharp, super detailed. Very clean, very graphically impressive, I'm going to say, when you actually see it running in front of you. And not that it makes a big difference. Well, maybe sometimes it does these days. Less these days. Were you playing on PlayStation 5? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, seems like they had people out there playing it on Xbox and maybe PC as well. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, it, it absolutely looks like a next-gen fighting game. Limited character selection in what, in what you were able to play, right? Four yeah, same, characters? Same. It was... Um, Five, five characters, four cameo four, characters. Uh, four, no, four and three. It was oh, okay. Liu Kang, Kenshi, Sub Zero, and Katana playable, and then cameo characters Kano, Jax, and Sonya. Okay, seems, seems very juggle heavy, but the, I mean, I think that's just modern Mortal Kombat. Yeah, it was all. It was definitely juggle heavy for the last like, couple of games. Like at 11, least. 11, from what I remember, was very much the same way. Like getting my head around the cameo stuff and when to use those characters was tough. Like I didn't get there at all. Mm-hmm. It's really just you hit a shoulder button and a direction to con- ter- determine what they do. Seems like probably using them in combos is the way they're meant to be used. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like to keep juggles going and stuff like that. Um, it's it's hard to say. The people that were playing this game were very good. Like when well, I tried yeah. To, 
I tried to play more of it over the weekend online after we did that stream and basically it was just like, ah, like I was straight up getting perfected. Okay. Like I was just not even getting a hit in. I was like, man, I'm just going to poke at the AI a little bit more before this ends. Did it start tracking your win loss record at uh, all? Or no, okay. It yeah, did. it must be a, a demo thing or a yeah, I'm sure. thing. They just, yeah, they had they, all, all that stuff turned off. So it was just a free for all in the matchmaking. Um, it seems cool. It's it looked like you were having like, fun. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It's it seems it's it, I just haven't gotten a very good sense of it. Like eleven had pretty good tutorials for here's the different options you have and when to use them and stuff like that. So it'll be a lot easier to get your head around once that thing is out for real. I also know you, like I, and me, Alex, are in, really interested to see how they handle their narrative stuff and and there's yeah, their I mean, that's kind of the main reason I'm there. Like, I can't believe I'm showing up to a fighting game for story mode, but they've they've done it. They've earned it at this point. Yes. So we'll uh, we'll see. That is um, that is a pr- just like my playing on Diablo every day. A little more progress is made and that game will come out in September. I mean, barring any pushbacks, but it doesn't seem doesn't. I'm not getting that vibe. I'm, oh, not, no. get, I'm not getting that vibe at all. No, they waited so long to announce it. I'm sure they were extremely confident by the time they did. Yeah. Uh, and they've got all sorts of plans already with their, their additional characters. They seem like they have a release uh, cadence in mind. Mortal Kombat 1. It's the official name, right? Mortal Kombat number one. One. Mortal Kombat yeah. 1. Mortal Kombat 1. Look for it come September. Uh, September, September. We've got some summer news here, though. The summer of Activision. There we go. I yeah, just put that in your head. Got some, I don't know how that didn't exist before. You just said that, but you found a way. You brought it here finally into uh, the right universe. Act Oblivion uh, news continues. Uh, we it had never really stopped. We just kind of stopped reporting on a lot of it because it the trickles and the everything that came out. But we're past uh, the trickles, my man. No, we're on full on. People are in the bathroom uh, releasing their bowels. What? Uh, the, the the FTC, uh, 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 let's say Microsoft, Sony, the big players in this uh, Activision were in front of the FTC trying to explain why in the world everything. <laughs> why, it is a deposition what, frenzy right now. Yeah. Why why video games? What is happening? This uh, We should say out of the gate, and we definitely will say out of the gate, this seems like it is a pretty closed courtroom style thing or de- deposition style thing. A lot of the reporting of this is scattershot and spread across a bunch of different reporters uh, through documents and leaks and people yeah, it's, secondhand. It's kind of cool to see reporters at video game sites in a courtroom, like attending a <laughs> hearing, like doing actual straight up court reporting. I mean, some of them, like Stephen Totillo, straight up have that background from pre video mm-hmm. game news, doing news ass news. But. It's- Still, it's it's cool to see this being covered the way it is. So we've 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 seen some stuff that's aggregating some of that actual reporting. We are not actually reporting on it. We're going to pretty much just go through some of the things we thought were interesting to come out of it or to have been reported on it. So it's a little out of our depth to uh, to we don't have the industry um, uh, legal knowledge to go into some of this stuff. I like ain't no kind of goddamn legalologist. That's right. So some of the interesting things to come out of this, we are currently on, is today day four? Um, I or think five. that's right. I think it's four, okay. I believe. So we're, uh, as of the time we're recording this, I think uh, uh, Bobby, I don't think, has gotten up there yet. I think that's... Um, He's on the uh, docket here soon, I think. But yeah, it's been Jim Ryan, I think, is the last person that went up. Uh, Phil Spencer's talked about uh, talked up there. 
Um, oh, so- geez. Yes. Uh, yes. Kodak and Satya Nadella are both due on the stand today. <laughs> yeah. So some, some interesting things. I'll say looking through some aggregations of what have been coming out of here, a lot of it for me, top level is Microsoft making the case that they are an underdog. They, uh, that they are in quote unquote third place in this, in this industry that having Activision uh, Blizzard come in is filling a, a need for them in the mobile market with King. It's stuff we've heard before. Sony going out there and arguing that 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 have them having Call of Duty uh, puts them in a, a unique position because Call of Duty is a unique property within the video game world, and that it'll adversely affect the landscape and competitive nature of uh, this industry if it is wholly owned by Microsoft. Also making the case, and the FTC making the case in, in some of what I've seen, that Microsoft has not made good on their multi-platform promises in the past, uh, um, in some cases with Bethesda, and kind of restricting um, or or at least making things not platform agnostic and, and putting it first party on just the Xbox, which... yeah. There's a lot of back and forth on that. I, th- I think like some of the most interesting bullet points to come out of this are the what might have been sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, you know, when it's pointed out like, oh, you know, Microsoft is making Starfield exclusive. It's come out. I mean, I guess this had been reported on somewhat. I, it sounds like Imran Imr- Khan, I think, had reported on this like three years ago. But it was confirmed that at one point it was there were talks to make Starfield a PlayStation exclusive before the buyout happened. Yes. So like little little tidbits like that of like deals that were in the works or being discussed that never came to fruition. But it's like, you know, again, like you kind of see a whole different world that could have existed being described here or stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, a lot. I mean, look, a lot of this stuff, this is this is some business ass business happening here, right? Like, mm-hmm. so you're seeing a lot of while curated, a lot of sausage being made with this with these things there's there's the part where uh i thought was kind of interesting and has been reported now um where microsoft kind of just goes through a list of things of companies that they had looked to acquire right now we've we've kind of talked in the past because we've kind of heard this before like everything's always on the table right people are always looking to maybe acquire something um yeah but sega is on this list <laughs> yeah just mm-hmm. see yes exactly seeing things like that OG. Um, I, I think that's, a you know, uh, gearbox IO from software on this list, CD project red on this list. Like, um, you know, these are, these are house Mark, which it seems, seems so Sony now, you know, like, mm-hmm. and always uh, kind of did. Yeah, uh, it is even before is, it was. Yeah. It is Sony now, uh, Larian remedy five Oh five devolver digital. Like, you know, like a lot of these, again, Talks happen all the time. We don't know how far these things got, and and these are just things that again are, are being reported. But uh, that's that's a weird alternate future or alternate timeline where where those things happen. Yeah, yeah. Mike Microsoft is just one of the few companies out there with the capital to actually make some of that stuff happen. I think some of the reporting about the them looking at Bungie was that the talks had happened there, but that they kind of balked at Bungie's asking price, mm-hmm. and then apparently Sony did not. <laughs> um. You know, Sony, Sony getting out there, some of the stuff from Jim Ryan, again, just pretty interesting in terms of how the flow of this goes or, or how the FTC is going to look at this or what they're looking at. Uh, some, a lot of internal emails, a lot of documents being shown, uh, one from Jim Ryan, I'm summarizing here, but basically saying that, uh, 
not that not that concerned about this uh about them having blizzard or sorry having call of duty specifically right that was presented obviously by microsoft to be like look jim ryan he's not he's not that concerned about Even it he's saying it's no big deal yeah later on jim ryan being like that was then because we didn't think this was gonna actually happen not that concerned now we are very concerned but uh you know just in terms of what what the cases being made are are like now that my lawyers tell me we have to be very <laughs> concerned i am very concerned or i think probably just jim ryan maybe being like now that we are here sitting uh debating whether or not this should happen or not very concerned uh uh suddenly very concerned um let me see what else i marked down here very concerning looking into it another another interesting one to me is that there's there's evidence i mean a bunch of emails and documents have, have come out in this mm-hmm. process and like there's there's evidence of Bethesda bristling behind the scenes a little bit of the fact that their games are now being made Xbox exclusive while Microsoft is at the exact same time out there publicly committing to Activision Blizzard stuff, never getting that treatment mm-hmm. and not being thrilled about it. Um, yeah. Starfield in particular. Yes. Uh, which, like, among other things, is kind of revealing of the fact that Bethesda is still kind of its own entity and culture to a large degree. Yeah. And, and it's. Um you know, it's also interesting. There's a thing from Jim Ryan in there. Uh, let me see if I can find exactly where. Uh, yes, here it is. Uh, Ryan acknowledged that Microsoft honored existing PlayStation's exclusive deals for Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop. He said he fundamentally has no quarrel with Redfall being made exclusive to Xbox. And on Starfield, he said, I don't like it, but I don't view it as anti-competitive, which um, I don't know. I guess that puts again probably making the argument that call of duty is a very unique thing in the marketplace even different than bethesda's starfield and you know acquisition of bethesda but like it's it's interesting to hear these two gigantic corporations trying to make a case um one to say we're so small we could we need this uh, again microsoft doing a lot of a lot of service to them not being able to organically build up a mobile platform mm-hmm. and that they need to get King in there. Um, uh, apparently they were also looking at Zynga at some point, uh, and that, and that didn't come through. And I feel like Jim Ryan having to come out and say like, yeah, I don't think it's anti-competitive for them to make Starfield exclusive is like, he kind of has to now that it's yeah. come out that Sony was exploring the exact same arrangement. Yeah, I, I, it's like yeah. it's like hey, it's like this is totally a goose and gander kind of thing here. It's like you were going to do it too, so yeah. There's just no way to frame that in a way that makes it sound like you know Microsoft is actually doing something dirty here in terms of competitiveness because exclusives exist everywhere, you know. And it's like, yes, the crux of this is okay. Is buying a company of this size and potentially making these products exclusive anti-competitive? But I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's like they could just as easily have given that money to Activision, said, make these games exclusive for us without buying them. Like, that is still a thing that companies do all the time with publishers. And apparently there's stuff in there, too, that um, was interesting about Activision. And I I forget if it was specifically Bobby Kotick Kotick, uh, going in there and trying to renegotiate the terms with Microsoft for Call of Duty on Xbox platforms uh, to basically say... What can you give us? You know, mm-hmm. and I guess in the end it was how about like seventy billion dollars? <laughs> Sounds just, pretty fucking good to me. We'll, we'll just Let's take do that. it. Uh, you know, look, we just talked about Final Fantasy. Uh, whether that is is that said to be a timed exclusive officially? 
Gosh, what came out about that? I want like, to say that. Mm, obviously, Sony doesn't own uh, uh, Square Enix, but you know they, but they also have, have a long-standing st- relationship with them. Struck a deal, yeah. So you know, stuff, I, like I, that was a deal. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what exactly the nature of that deal is. So you know, stuff does get exclusivity. This is in a whole other kettle of fish because, on the other end of that argument, Alex, I would say. Microsoft doesn't have the greatest track record with saying nothing's going to change and then mm-hmm. and then a lot of the stuff being locked to the Xbox platform for yeah. foreseeable future. So it's like, you know, that's that's some damaging shit when micro- and I I understand why Microsoft is doing a lot of work here to say we're promised Call of Duty's going to go on all these other things. Yeah, uh, the, I just it's just whenever they pull out the oh come on, I'm just a little guy. Uh, hey, little come guy. on, I'm just a little guy. I don't have a mobile presence. What you know? Yeah, like I mean, that they're just not entirely wrong. It just like, doesn't work though. I mean, like they're they're not wrong about hardware. Yeah, like, they do. I, I don't. You know, I don't. Nobody knows what the numbers are exactly for this generation, but like they were in distant third place with the Xbox One, right? Yeah, I mean, everything I've heard sounds like, you know, the, the Xbox is doing okay. It's doing fine. But, you know, I'm sure that they're still making up a lot of ground for for PlayStation. And obviously, you know, this, there's 17 billion Switches out there. So it's like, you know, they're still coming from a position of some weakness. But at the same time, again, the problem is inherently, no matter where the gaming division of Microsoft is, they are still Microsoft. They are... Uh, I. Two things. One, Jim Ryan explicitly came out and said, aside from three months where they had supply chain issues, the PlayStation has been ahead of sales for the Xbox, which I think yeah. we, all, we all kind of knew. I think we all oh, assumed yes. that, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other thing, too, is uh, Phil Spencer making a pretty big case for the the kind of um, accountability for the games division as a as a needing to have a profit-driven uh, 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 model within Microsoft. Like, they... Right. Kind of, I think, trying to make the case, Alex, to your point of, hey, we still have to perform, right? Right. And, uh, even they can't though we just have Microsoft, lose money forever. That's exactly, I think, what he said. <laughs> it's yeah. like we we cannot post negative money uh, here. I, I mean, look, there's interesting stuff here. Oh yeah, this is um, the first really genuinely interesting stuff to come out of this story in a while. I feel like yes, because uh, they are actually a- we are get, they are laying bare a lot of things that were you know. You're you're cutting through the fucking the lawyer speak and the you know well this is my case so this is the only thing I'm going to say about it like there's real detail in this that yeah, like, I, you wouldn't get otherwise. I would encourage people to go check out you know, Rebecca Valentine at IGN, Stephen Stillo, like Jason Trier is doing some stuff. Like there's yeah. there's people in there reporting on it, uh, and they've got a lot of detail out there. If you want to go dig into more, for sure, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is. A lot of stuff, and I think, like we said, in addition to the testimony, there are just documents submitted that are starting to get out there as well. So, uh, a lot of uh, that's people right, doing, folks. We've got some documents here. <laughs> a lot of people doing a lot of work there to pour over those as well. I, you know, I think nothing for me too, too like salacious or anything like that. You know, it's no. it's, it's business, and again, the testimony is filtered through. You know, they're answering questions. I don't think they're being dishonest, but they're probably omitting a lot of things that they don't have to, you know, say that's other things. Yeah. Uh, what do you, okay. Given, uh, the very, uh, up in the air nature of this whole thing. And I know this is ongoing and it's a lot of information now. Does this, anything ha- that's come out so far, give any 
perspective to you guys whether this gets struck down or passed? I mean, it's so still early on. It's happening right now. Um, I, I mean, I definitely am not credentialed enough to nah, just like your gamer sense predict. you've been in the industry you're, you've got you've got I over 20 still, years i would guess this is probably going to go through still eventually Do you think it goes through in the states I, here at I, least it's hard to know but yeah maybe Alex, i mean i've been a staunch believer that it's probably going to push its way through regardless i'm maybe like slightly less confident than i used to be but you know i'm i i don't necessarily think i've seen anything so far that says definitively oh this ain't gonna happen but at this point, you know, it feels very 50-50 to me. Like, I, I really, truly do not know whether it's going to happen or not. Uh, but I always lean on the side of, well, Money. the major corporation will get what, it's want, what it wants. That's fair. I'm going to say it goes through with concessions. Like, some minor carve-outs of uh That of aren't just things. the ones they've already said? Yeah. Well, yeah, not just, like, Call of Duty exclusive stuff. Some of the stuff, you know, they still have some problems over uh, across... Uh, overseas you know mm-hmm. with, with with things there so game pass stuff and some of those things i don't think it goes through as cleanly as they want it to go probably through, is, not. Is, is my two cents there but you know <laughs> see what happens when activision gets on the stand yeah <laughs> maybe oh boy <laughs> finally we get to hear from bobby Kotick. <laughs> maybe after they hear from him they're like you know what just no just you know what just, just, just better off not uh that's happening now We'll probably touch on this again when we come back from break because more will be known. I'm sure there will be some actual um, uh, uh, perspective that can sum up how well this went from people who have the bona fides to to kind of parse those things. Right now, looking through this stuff, going to say, a little tough to parse. Pretty scattershot out there. A lot of people trying to pull a lot of information together uh, with these things. Uh, quickly here, moving on, a couple of other very fast stories. Um, Nintendo basically saying, uh, look, we got this Nintendo account stuff. Mm-hmm. When it's time for the next generation, Nintendo should, would, could be able to bring that account over uh, to your next platform your next console wow. which radical innovations <laughs> in technology look i mean n- yes but nintendo. also for n- like everything nintendo does in that space is like i don't know very damning with faint praise kind of stuff right i yeah, like, like the bar the bar is so low for anything <laughs> nintendo does online or with accounts or anything that continuity between two platforms is to be celebrated yeah, it's just, it also, whenever stuff like this comes around and it feels like they've actually figured something out, it, it really has the tone of you are congratulating your three-year-old for not pissing on the toilet seat, you know? <laughs> like, Look, oh, you did it! That's great for you! If if I don't have to figure out some new weird arcane friend code thing on the next system to get yes. people... No, think, you'll, be, you'll be using the same old arcane friend code. That's Fine. right. Fine, you know what, I can live with that. If as long as I can bring my four friends over, two of you included, onto the next console, that's at least a little bit better there. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, realistically, this is a testament to the fact that they finally figured it out on the Switch, right? Like, I, I actually just listened to a kind of condensed business history of Nintendo. Mm-hmm. By condensed, I mean like four hours long. Um, it was a good reminder that, like, I don't even know if the online shit on the Wii had a name, did it? Like, there, I mean, there was the the, the Wii sh- Wii Shop. Right. And yeah. the DSI, DSI stuff, DSI wear was active at the same time. Like, I don't think that even really had an umbrella name. Then they had like the, 
Nintendo Network ID, I believe it was, on the yeah. Wii U. Um, anyway, like they finally got to a point where, like, you know, they've got tens of millions of people paying them monthly now for an online service. Right. Like they finally figured that out in a way that's going to sustain that business. And so on some level, it would be crazy to throw that away. Yeah. So, yes, damning with faint praise, but hey, look, at least but, they're saying it, it should, should have infrastructures in place. Yeah. I wonder if you could also view this as like some tangential evidence of backwards compatibility on the next switch as well. I mean, like mm. I would fucking eat a hat if it doesn't have it. Like, mm. It seems it seems inconceivable to me that the next switch will not run games from the current switch, but I'm kind of with you at this but point. If, uh, but if, yeah, you know if they're if they're building in uh, if they're, if they're building a seamless transition in on the account and online side, then that probably is a little more credibility for that idea being true. Uh, I, I will say to wrap this up because I don't want anybody to misunderstand it seems like there is no intention or a uh, fire under anybody's ass to put out the next switch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's hard to say it's really tough between stuff. Nintendo itself has said and investor, not investor, like analysts saying like, yeah, it's still a year, year and a half away supply chain stuff. There's, it's hard to say. Sounds like sales I mean, are, are doing great. It's uh, according to this polygon story, uh, software, uh, beat this year a seventh year beat any other of its previous years and uh furukawa said we consider that we have entered uncharted territory which i have no idea what that really actually means but uh if you i would say if you judge by the direct you know the games that they've announced and that are coming out they've put out a lot of their big ones like we're mm-hmm. we're we're i don't know I'm ready. I know you guys are ready. I don't I've know if Nintendo's ready for ready. like two years now. I mean, there was yeah. there was that story with Ubisoft recently where Nintendo like recommended to them not to put the second Mario and Rabbids out on the Switch because they recommend only doing one inst- installment of a major franchise per console. Oh, I hadn't which, seen like, that. Oh, that's which like you don't say. <laughs> huh, <laughs> Last twenty yeah. years of your software release schedule. <laughs> yeah, don't already make that apparent. Um, yeah, it feels like it very much feels like a platform in its waning days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would be kind of shocked if, I mean, if, if there's not a new switch next year, then what is happening? <laughs> what is happening? Uh, I just want to know what's going to be in that thing in like what hardware I'm, wise. Yes. Look, if there's going to be a new switch next year, then that, that's probably locked at this point. Right. Or at least. Close uh, to oh locked. yeah. I mean, the design is on, on, I'm sure basically locked in at this point. I mean, anything could change at the last minute, I guess, but, yeah. um, current rumors out there are putting it probably at around the performance of a PS4. Oh, come on. But we'll see. Base base model. Base model PS4. <laughs> they can do better. No, they really can't. <laughs> they no, can they can. I believe in them. Okay, they okay, cannot they piss on the toilet seat. Okay, they won't is, is, <laughs> All right, that's really, is really uh, the case because they're going to go with hardware that is already long in the tooth because it's cheap to get in volume. Uh, a very Nintendo thing I had to try and explain to my son who seemed also very confused and I confused myself going through it was uh, DS, 3DS to 2DS, and he's like, "Well, what are all the 2DS games?" And I was like, "Well, okay. well, well. <laughs> I was like, "I don't, I don't think there are 2DS games. I think they're all 3DS games you play on the 2DS." He's like, "Well, did the 2DS come out before the 3DS?" No, no. He's like, "Is the 2DS the sequel to the DS?" I was like, "No, 
no, it's the it's the kind of not 3D. He's like, why did they take the 3D out of the 3DS? Like, was, These are questions know. that are as old <laughs> as time itself. So don't rely on Nintendo for making sense of the video game. No. Just rely on them for making really cool video games and that Mario. Uh, I think lastly here, let's wrap up the news section with, uh, uh, did we talk officially about E3 getting closed in a new segment? I feel like it came up maybe during a stream or something. I think it comes up every other week now. (laughs) I think it was on a stream that it came up that some some LA convention center or fucking chamber of commerce, I don't know who it was down there talking about events being canceled in the next two years, including E3s, 2024 and 2025. Yep. Goodbye, E3. Official. I I was semi-official. E3. There's a story out. IGN published a story about kind of the earnings from the ESA in E3, which I found kind of fascinating uh, about the kind of money that comes in and and what they spend on those things. Just quickly here, uh, the breakdown for the 2000, uh, um, 21 online thing you know remember their their uh their the what you call it um not great for them mm. uh they apparently spent well it's a little confusing but it spent around let's say six to seven million ish because they kind of roll up a lot of their trade shows and stuff into into their spends on their reporting uh but revenue that they marked for e3 was 3.4 million uh, for for coming in, um, so that's not the same. That's not much. No, previous years uh, uh, was much better. Uh, but ESA member fees are like twenty six million. Mm-hmm. Like like they they're still making mm-hmm. their money from from all of that stuff. I feel like I remember it was about it was said to be like half and half back around like twenty eighteen nineteen when the future of E three was getting dodgy. Yeah, I so feel they, like I, I feel like I remember hearing that it was about E three comprised about half of their revenue, and I assume the other half is is membership dues. So some of the other numbers IGN has in their story do do bear that out. Like okay. it, it, that that does seem closer, if not half, sometimes maybe like a third or so. Uh, you know, you know, one way. Uh, but it's definitely was was waning. I mean, like, look, is that it makes sense? You don't you you don't need a report to tell you that if. E3 were making a ton of money, there'd be E3. Yes. So, without a doubt. Um, but ESA, I don't know, ESA memberships, I guess, still still going strong. Well, you still have to be in the ESA, yeah, generally, still, if yeah. you want them to lobby for you, which I think they still do that, right? Yeah. It's, it's I mean, that's a lot. Uh, it's, it's of that $26 million, $8 million in ERSRB rating fees. So, um I don't know. It seems what, like a racket. I'm going to say it right now. <laughs> this whole thing yeah, seems like a racket. You know, I don't know. I'm just saying. You want to put a little video game out? You gotta, you gotta pay your uh, ESRB fees. You know, you wanna, you want that rating? You gotta come to us. Yeah. Look, you're. I don't disagree, but I'm just uh, saying. You don't want me to come in there, break your gold master. You gotta get the. You gotta pay for the rating. All right. Oh, uh, would you make? Oh, this is looking like an art. This is looking like an adult AO title to me. Come on. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. Just yeah, I don't know. Just, I don't That's know, a real tough. I don't think we can put this in GameStop unless uh, you know you pay up. <laughs> That's right. Maybe you can grease the wheels a little bit. Oh yeah, no, no, no. This we can get this down to an M. We we could work something out. We could get this. See, this yeah. joke doesn't work because the ESRB is like or the ESA and all that. Like it's all fucking way too incompetent to ever actually pull off like a real racketeering scam. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. 
Uh, anyway, this is all this funny. You can go check out more of the uh, um, E3 and kind of ESA breakdown over at IGN. They have a kind of neat story about it. I was always supremely curious what the over-under was on that whole whole trade show, especially with the companies coming from GameSpot and Giant Bomb, where, <laughs> I'll just say anecdotally, a lot of the times it was rep- – it, depending on how they mentioned the earnings in a in a uh, meeting post those things, mm-hmm. you can kind of get the sense from where they're coming at. Sometimes they would say, "Oh, we brought in um, we 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 had X amount in profits, right?" And mm-hmm. then the next year they'd say, "Oh, wow, we we earned X amount from E right. three, right?" And don't talk about the profit, like you know, yeah, you don't talk, don't about, talk about how, how much you actually spent uh, at E three. So, you know, look, sometimes those things. You don't always make money. That's going to do all, it for all, all the matter. All that matters is the big number you can show to the people upstairs. That's yes. right. And that's exactly what I learned from those meetings. It's like, Bill, you could spin numbers any freaking way you want. If you just talk about, we brought in 20 million from E3 and nobody raises their hand and be like, did we, did we spend 21 million? Or Giant bomb never spent 21 million. Giant bomb never brought in 20 million for E3. As far uh, as guys, we know, that's we what they never, told us. We never all. had those big Samsung deals. We uh, we didn't we didn't get those big deals. Boy, hail mary Samsung deal. Save D three again. Samsung's no. got us. No, mm-hmm. no. Uh, that's gonna do it for the news. Like I said uh, uh, earlier, we are going to uh, be off next week. So as more of this Activision Blizzard stuff comes through, we'll be coming right back the week after to. Uh, stand on the shoulders of giants who have already done the best summarizing and and uh, uh, commentary on it, and we'll just uh, uh, kind of use that as our platform here. Brad Shoemaker, mm-hmm. are there any emails this week that you yes. would like to share Couple with our fine audience? Here briefly, we have an email address. It is podcast at nextlander dot com. Podcast com. Podcast at nextlander dot com. What you got, Brad? Um, here's one from David in Perth. Give me your best yeah. Australian Perth. Oh, no. Perth. 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 Uh, crikey. Uh, who, who brought the Johnny brush out here? That's. Ah, uh, biscuits. Boff on a biscuit. That's How's fucking it? terrible. What? Come on. I'm sorry, That's, man. Yeah, uh, look, I, I know I do a lot of bad accents, but holy shit. Come on, Alex. What's wrong with my Australian accent? It's not terrible. It's not Bonza either. Ah, uh, you. Oh, you're from Perth. <laughs> I'm, from, I'm from Sydney. <laughs> That's clearly why we have different accents, mate. Get it, get it. To, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's beautiful. Thing. Let's move along. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna read the email. Okay, okay please, Dave in Perth. Uh, the death of physical media has recently been on my mind and mostly with, uh, how having access to my parents' library of, uh, music and books shaped so much of my early life. Discovering D&D from my dad's old AD&D books or mm-hmm. Ursula Le Guin and Tolkien for my mom's paperback collection are defining moments of my life. But like most people, my wife and I fully embraced the digital future and got rid of most of our physical games, CDs, books, and DVDs over the course of several house moves. But now we are planning to have kids... And I'm thinking of rebuilding and curating a physical media library for them to discover. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people I tell this to think it's a, rig- rid- a ridiculous idea and that the ease of YouTube and streaming 
is just going to mean it will go untouched. <laughs> but my wife and I are still attached to the idea and have been hitting up some secondhand markets, buying up CDs and paperbacks of things we genuinely love. Uh, though we haven't bit the bullet yet on movies or TV because Blu-rays are still quite pricey. Mm. What do you think of this general idea? If any, do your kids go through your old media? Do we just have to admit we're lying to ourselves and we're just collecting this stuff for us and using kids as an excuse? Will it even be appreciated by these future children? We are lying to ourselves, but we don't have to admit it. Yeah, that's right. You're, you're uh, here. It's, it's the beauty of lying. Here, here yeah. are. Here is my perspective as someone who actually had the same same thought. Like this is a thing. This is a thing. Like you want to have this the experience of your kids being able to walk by a shelf, see a bad cover of something, pluck it off, and and remember that cover and do a thing. Or a great cover. Or a great cover. Covers we, used to be better. We keep physical books in our house just for that reason, so that we can loan out physical books to the kids. Um, mm-hmm. We don't give them a Kindle or something. We're like, oh, great. We keep our favorite books we wanted. That's the only reason we keep physical books. My wife and I also have ebooks that we mostly read from, but uh, we keep the physical books for the kids. That works out. The problem, though, here's your problem. The problem with the physical digital media is the device you're going to have to play it on won't be in your entertainment center by the time the kids want to watch it. So like the Blu-ray you have now possibly will work in some kind of Blu-ray player you have, but most likely it's good. You're going to have to truck out some old analog piece of, or not analog, but older piece of equipment Mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, the thing you think they're going to want to watch, they're not going to want to watch for another five years. And then I am currently debating how much of my time I want to spend next week digging out not only my xbox one x which is deep deep in the closet but also finding my pair of 3d glasses for my tv that still supports 3d oh hell yeah you should find those because Fuck i've yes. got because i've got because i've got the dread 3d blu-ray oh, oh dude. hell yes dude and i would really like to. to watch that movie in 3d because it seems like one of the few that was made back in that era that seems like a wow this actually did cool stuff with 3d yes it did and i have no idea where those glasses are it could take me like half a day to find them is it, it could it could cheaper take, for it, you to get like eBay some or, or like I haven't even used? looked. I just okay. it's been so long. I assume you couldn't even buy them at this point. Hmm. You could probably buy them used. I don't yeah, know. You, you definitely can't yeah. buy new ones, but I bet they have there are someone on eBay that is selling those right now. I mean, I definitely have a basically new, never used pair <laughs> somewhere of 3, of 3D glasses for this TV in this house somewhere, but it could take a very long time to find them. You well, don't worry. To. The next time you move, you will find them accidentally. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. I think you have to do it. But it's I. A, pre- I appreciate the sentiment and the effort, and I think it's important, and I agree with it. There are some logistical concerns uh, with that stuff. My what? kids stream everything. You can yeah. make a Plex server uh, and that uh, rip those things, put them on, uh, put them on Plex, and then mm-hmm. make a profile for the kids on Plex or, or, or something like that, where they have their own library. And my kids go do do use that, so they will do that. But well, I mean. Here, I don't know. Here's yeah. my last piece of advice. Do it for yourself. Do it because you think it's cool to uh, have that stuff. And then if the kids are into it, that's fucking great. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I'm with him. Like, I I discovered music because my parents had a pretty decent-sized record collection. And, you know, obviously I didn't love everything that they listened to. But, like, that's how I discovered the Beatles and Michael Jackson and a bunch of other stuff that, you know, I really liked when I was a kid. And then, you know, that sort of segued into me liking a lot of other different music. Yeah. My dad would fucking record movies off of HBO with VHS tapes 
And that is how I got copies of, like, Beetlejuice and fucking Ghostbusters that I, like, wore out. And, you know, obviously a kid doesn't have to do that stuff necessarily anymore, especially if you teach them about piracy early. But... <laughs> Nonetheless, I think having that stuff at the ready and having that stuff available in a way that is just like, well, you can just have it. Here it is. Here's the physical disc. You just put yeah. it in and go. If they don't care, they don't care. But if you think that's cool, it's still worth it. I, I Yeah. I mean, maybe you and I and, and probably Brad have a, a bigger appreciation for the autonomy or the kind of agency you have when you have your own physical media. Yeah. Like an ownership over it. I don't know if my kids care about that stuff. Like they don't even put discs into play games, you know. It's mm -hmm. uh, uh, but. They do pick what they want to watch, but they mostly just surf through Netflix and, like I said, the Plex server. So that's you know, I mean, that's the way of things. I you got to have them break your disc at some point. Yeah, you know, get fingerprints all over it. Lose Hell it. Yes, put it in the wrong. Fuck that the wrong shit thing. up, man. Yeah, that's right of passage. Why is why is my Ghostbusters Blu-ray in the Beetlejuice slipcase now? Where's the Beetlejuice slipcase, guys? You can't do put these things away. You cannot cannot leave them here. This is not a coaster. Who put it face down? All of those things. All of these things. How will kids know how to pop a freaking Blu-ray or DVD out of that weird, uh, uh, tensioned little donut, you know? That's a thing you have to learn. Do You, you got to push the button down while at the same time grabbing the edges of it. It's a very complicated uh, uh, system. Uh, and don't walk around with it on your finger like you're a pizza man with the uh, uh, you know uh, hot delivery there. Just grab it by the edges and put it in the tray and be done. Yeah. Got to teach the kids. Got to teach them. Kids. Uh, any other emails, Brad? Uh, was, let's do one more here with no no signature on it. Okay. okay. Anonymous. Well, I assume it's English uh, out of the UK, so let me uh, warm up the old vocal cords oh, here. Jesus Christ. All <laughs> right. No, Brad, go ahead. The Final Fantasy series simply must be numbered. Okay. okay. Otherwise, we end up with Kingdom Hearts names. Oh. Do you want every game to be Final Fantasy, the de-remembered, last forgotten effigy? I do. Yes. 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 Well, when you put it like that, when you yeah. say it like that. Like, I was with this person's argument until they said that, and now <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Actually. Yeah. You're, you're, yes. Yes. There's some value in that. Free, free, free Final Fantasy from this legacy. Just do it. Like, just free it from these expectations and this argument about what constitutes a Final Fantasy and just stop putting numbers on them, and then they can be anything. Brad, I'm going to... Uh, you know Final Fantasy may be the best out of anyone here. Let me... Uh, can I play a quick game with you? Very sure. quick. Ready? If you, We're going to re rename the entire Final Fantasy franchise by the key character, in, uh, by a yeah. key character in the game. Ready? Like protagonists? Uh, it doesn't matter. Whatever you... Like, this is... Because this is how I remember Final Fantasies, by, by the character... by could be the protagonist, or it could be the person that is the most important in the game, right? Okay. Character. And I'm going to go with, starting with U.S. Final Fantasy 1. Okay. No names. I mean, unless you mean, like, villains, because you could name It could be characters. villains. No, no. It could be Garland. Tiamat, like, Garland. Okay. So Final Fantasy Garland, right? Sure. And you would know exactly what that means. Uh-huh. Uh, let's, again, U.S. names only. Uh, Final Fantasy uh, 2. Um, I never played 2. Or you mean 4? Four? 4, yes. The 4 that came out here? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, Cecil, Rosa, yep. Kane, Final, Final Rydia. Fantasy Cecil. You would know exactly what it is. Yes. Um, whatever we're calling the next U.S. release. Six, three. Yep. Yeah, Tara, Lock, Celeste, Edgar, Sabin, Gal, anybody. Umaro, on and you, on. You would Wait, know exactly. Sabin. Final, it's not Sabin. Final Fantasy Umaro. I always said Sabin. Okay. Uh, Kefka. Uh, sure. Final Fantasy Kefka. All right. I'm going to skip forward to seven. 
Easy. Cloud. Cloud. You know exactly who it is. I could, I could just go Cloud. over here. Cloud, yeah. Squalls, Dan. Uh-huh. Yep. Titus, Una, Waka. Just go with that. Uh, Let's just do that. Yes. Everybody knows who that is. Vaughn, Lightning. And then I, then I would stop having to have, stop having to ask, like, is that the one with, uh, you know. Is that the one with that one guy yeah. in the place with the thing? Final yeah. Fantasy Clive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I, we got. We can get this going. All right. Anyway, that's my solution. You could take it or leave it. Square Enix. Any other emails? Brad? <laughs> how about how about Final Fantasy Sidolphus Telemon? Okay, I Sid, wouldn't know what Sid in this game. Sid not only being a major character voiced by Ralph Ines and his full name is also Sidolphus. Sidolphus. Okay, great, fantastic. Uh, Brad, do we want to wrap up the emails there? Yep. Call Let's it. do it. Calling it. Uh, you can send emails into podcast at nextlander.com. Again, that is podcast at nextlander.com. That is going to do it for this week's show, folks. Again, we are off next week. Uh, you can go check out all of our previous um, uh, summer of games announcement releases that are up. Catch up with that stuff. Catch up on the previous WatchCast stuff. Uh, we recently did a big uh, four-episode run through three. David Lynch, three sorry, episode. three three episode run yeah. through the David Lynch verse, um, uh, including Wild at Heart, Dune, and Blue Velvet. So you can Correct. go check those out. Uh, and we just recorded, which will go up the week after we come back. Right? That's yes. right. Um, uh, the first two episodes. I you mentioned the naming the convention pilot is episode bad. Yeah. and the first regular episode of uh, of Twin Peaks. Yeah, so look forward to that uh, after we come back. You can check that out over at patreon.com slash nextlander. We also have a new episode of Never Been a Better Podcast going up soon. Uh, that might go up uh, after we come back. I have to see if I have time to get that thing processed before we leave. We do also have uh we'll have a podcast in our this feed here that you're listening to this in which will be episode 2 of Never Been a Better Podcast. Uh we're going to put that up in the feed. It'll be slightly edited in the uh public feed to have ad breaks in it, but for all intents and purposes, it will be the same. I believe that's Abby Russell and Jeff Backlar joining us on that one uh which is different this uh this new one coming up is austin and abby so yes uh that'll be the newest one going up again you can check all of that out at patreon.com slash nextlander where you can find a whole bunch of tiers there you can find a tier that's right for you maybe you're looking for that never been a better podcast here maybe you're looking for that getting that watch cast a week early tier Mm -hmm. bunch of tiers there you could be looking at the mysterious benefactor tier, the one tier that gets their names read on this here show, and I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna do it in my Australia. No, I'm not. Oh, thank God. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. Uh, here are the mysterious benefactors for this week: RRE, John Richardson, Vornak, Kelly F, Brian Lucier, Skywarp. John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Brad's Midsize Hoodoo Voodoo, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, Jerry Lee, Deidre has a new job and is paying it forward, Gary Pejke, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, Pseudo User Mod A G Root Buddy Crimes. Oh, Wait, Pseudo? Pseudo. Don't oh, no, do it. Can't, oh, we can't get into yeah. this. Okay. Yeah, no. Don't do it. Somebody just lost all their information. Oh, no. <laughs> Peter Reardon, 
Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Mega Crane, Razgriz2, Brian Murphy, Trevor and Adrian R, Randy Duax, Andrew Teepkin, Alex Wu, It's Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Chick, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. Those are our mysterious benefactors for this week. I want to thank you, and I want to thank all the people who have supported us over on Patreon, watched our stuff, listened to our podcast, enjoyed our stuff. We appreciate it. Couldn't do it without you. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Can't do it without you. Brad Shoemaker. Pseudo? Pseudo. 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 We can't. We can't. Sue. Sue. Pseudo. Sue. I'm, I'm, I'm a pseudo. Pseudo? Guy. Yes. Oh. Interesting. Pseudo. Is there, a, is there, a, what's the right one? Because I don't know. I never hear uh, anybody ever say it. Depends on, I, don't, I don't know that there is a right one. But uh, interesting. It's, it's, it means like super user do or substitute substitute user do. Oh, I see. Do, so you're using do the as do. these things. I, In fact, the competing utility, the most popular alternative is called do as. Okay. Not do as. No. Maybe I'll change. Hey, look, I'm always open to new things. Do as. Do as, mesh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Very good. Uh, all right, that's going to do it. Like I said, we're off next week. We won't be streaming. We'll have the Ramblecast and uh, uh, the Never Been a Better Podcast in the podcast feed. Uh, hopefully, if anybody has any time off for 4th of July, you're having a good one, relaxing, doing what you want to do out there over in the United States here. We're going to uh, be back the week after, and then we'll have some new watchcasts, which I'm very excited to get into. I really enjoyed what I have seen so far of Twin Peaks. Seems pretty interesting. Agent Cooper. You can hear our thoughts, Brad and our Brad and my thoughts on holy shit, De- deadly premonition. What the hell? Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> what yeah. The, what the hell? Why did everybody say <laughs> tell me about this at the time and I didn't register any of it? Uh, you can check that out when we get back. Thank you, Alex Navarro. I hope you have a fantastic break. Thanks for recording in your new space. Hey, other than a couple of internet blips, seems like it's working pretty well. So. Mm-hmm. Brad Shoemaker, thank you very much. I also hope you have a fantastic break. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks, everybody, again. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Take it easy. We'll be back soon.